0: Why do people stay? And we talked about the fear of being alone, we talked about the logistics, okay? I'm gonna, again, this is the tough love portion of today's program. Um, It's okay, it's not a how's it working for you, it's this. It is the fact that so many of us are conditioned to accept familiar misery, rather than an unknown happiness.
1: Hey Midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostis. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Maker Show. We are going to have so much fun today. And I apologize, I'm a little under the weather. So hopefully, I don't sound too bad. <laughs> Today's guest is Bradley Richardson, fellow midlifer. I think he just had a birthday, 57? I, I did. Yeah, a couple days Damn, ago. You look good. Thank you. Uh he is also fifth generation Texan. Yeehaw. Father father of three grown kids living in Dallas, Texas. I also used to live in Dallas. He is the creator of Advanced Adulting where he coaches and creates content to help Grown ass adults. I don't want to be a grown ass
0: adult. Oh yeah, that's that's the only way to (laughs) be.
1: (laughs) He helps to navigate the shifts and changes of midlife. He is a five x five time best selling author, coach, and executive who has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Rolling Stone, on Good Morning America, NPR, and more. Over two hundred. 25,000 people in midlife follow bradley on instagram and tiktok and he is launching a new advanced adulting podcast go bradley next month on youtube so you guys make sure you subscribe and follow at i'm bradley richardson bradley welcome to the show
0: thank you i am so happy to finally be here we've we've connected over social media before but this is this is this is good stuff and you're right i mean you're like the sister from another mister here this is good stuff I know, I like, it.
1: oh my god and you guys we we chatted for 30 minutes before yeah. we even hit record because we cannot stop talking about i mean midlife and podcasting and all sorts of cool shit yeah. so let me ask you something first yeah. question how in the world did you end up here with talking about midlife wow uh
0: you know, it's it's funny, I feel like um, I feel like this is like a, a second act, you know, and, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, you hear the word influencer, all the social media bullshit and stuff like that. I, I did social media, I did the speaking and things like that and writing books back in my 20s and 30s, long even before social media, before Instagram and all this. And then I stopped and I raised kids and I had a professional career and, and all that. And so what's funny is how did I end up here is um, most of what I've done has been about kind of matriculating my own life. I wrote, I wrote, okay, we're talking midlife, Gen X. I wrote the first business book for Gen X. Okay. So it was called Job Smarts for for 20-somethings way back in the day. Random House did that and it did really well. And it was the idea of, you know, the school taught you about some things, but they really missed the mark on others. And so I kept a journal of everything I did—right, wrong, good, bad, indifferent—as a twenty-something working. And you know, then when I had kids, it was the same thing. I wrote about daddy smarts, about the things that nobody tells you about being a dad. And like I said, then I—you know—another story. But I ended up leaving and giving all that up. And I raised my kids, and I became as a partner in one of the big—you know—executive search firms for a number of years, and did that. And then, like a lot of people, I get divorced. I have, you know, I had, what do you want to call it? Midlife crisis, midlife awakening. I don't know. No, I did not go. Midlife
1: meltdown.
0: No shit. I mean, no, I did. I didn't go get a Corvette and start dating 20 year olds. No, it was nothing like that. But I just said, you know, there's got to be something different. So I got divorced. Um, I left the executive search business um, and tried to figure my own stuff out again um, with varying degrees of success and failure on that. And then it was, what, what do you really want to do? I want to get back to who I was. And we can talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that because I think sometimes in order to go forward, you have to go backwards. And for me, it was, um, mm-hmm. we all go through so many things in midlife or at that stage of life, whether it's after a pivotal event, like a divorce, mm-hmm. like a failure, a death of a parent, losing a company, whatever it is. Or just you wake up one day and you go, I'm 47. What the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? And for me, it was, um, there were so many things that every single one of us, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're from Texas or California or Portugal or wherever, that we all encounter that nothing prepares you for, that nobody prepares you for. And yeah, and, and God bless all the, the wonderful people and women that are doing things out there in the world of menopause and hormone replacement, longevity and purpose. <laughs> and all that. Awesome. But you know what? We forget about the real shit, the real hard stuff. Like, And I focus a lot on relationships. And what that means is not just dating and divorce and being single, but it's your relationships with your friends, your friendships change, your relationships with your family, your aging parents, your grown kids, your coworkers, what you want out of work. But most importantly, it's that relationship with yourself because yeah. you know, you're the consistent thing. You're the common denominator to every, every encounter you have. And sometimes when you wake up and you go, wait a minute, I, you know, I, I'm in my 40s or 50s or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've been labeled something else by whether it was my parents, society, school, employer, you're, you were a, a wife, then you're a parent, then you're this. And you're like, for the first time in my life, I get to figure out who the hell I really want to be. And I don't know sometimes. Yeah. And so that is, that was it. And that's kind of what brought me to advanced adulting is because I was going through a lot of these things. And then it, we, we laughed earlier about the grown ass piece. Because <laughs> one, one, I'm fifth generation Texan, so it's, you know. Sorry, it's just kind of how we. you know, I'm a little rough around the edges, so sorry. <laughs>
1: Which but, that's what I love about you, I must <laughs> say. I love that you're so straightforward. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can tell he's just very like tell it how it is. And don't Thank we you. all just love that about people when because there's no bullshit. There's so no.
0: You know what? No. Look, I think I think every one of us, and I did this for a long time. Is mm. you know what you. <sighs> You try and fit in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think, sometimes we think authenticity means it's kind of like when my kids were young, my youngest mm-hmm. would always say, No offense, but, well, no offense doesn't give you the right to be an, be an asshole. No offense doesn't mean you. Yeah. Some, some, some people say, <laughs> well, I'm authentic, so I can be just, you know, a jerk. That doesn't mean that. I think a lot of it means just being true to yourself. And yeah. so many times, I'm telling you, um, you know, and, and I, I coach people on this. I, I use the example of a chameleon you know, mm-hmm. and a chameleon, you know, you see, you know, the goofy looking little lizard and we see these pictures of them, and they're brilliant colors or a blue or a pink or a green or whatever. And, and it makes sense when you're a chameleon because he adapts yeah. he adapts to survive. So he's mm-hmm. not much. And yet we reach this stage of our life and we're chameleons. We become a chameleon. Instead, instead of changing our, our color or appearance, we've changed our behavior, our voice, how we show up. Why? Yep. To be loved, to Fit in to to do all of these things, and I, I did it forever. And so, so yeah. At a certain point, you forget what color you really are. And yep. I think that's the beautiful part about advanced adulting is you go, "Hey, you know what? I get a chance. You know, I get a chance to be me again." But I forgot who the hell that was. Exactly. And, and the yeah. grown ass, the grown ass thing, you know. And thank you for that. I love it. it was, to me, that's a that's one of the best compliments. Is uh, hey, he's authentic in doing it? Yeah, because. You know, I've tried to be other people. We all have in some degree. And even when I started to get back into to this, the writing, speaking, you know, all this, social media was here. And you see all these cool, good-looking people with, hey, I got a fat bank account and six-pack abs and a hot chick and Lambo. I'm like, you're totally me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I really did. I looked at this and I because I got involved with it in the beginning. I started mass adulting really about four or five years ago, and I tapped the brakes a little bit because I, I wanted to do it my way. And I started to see a lot of these influencers, you know, want to be celebs. And I'm like, dude, you you know, I, I see behind the curtain here. You know? Yeah. You, oh, we're the perfect relationship. I'm like, you're,
1: you know, your spouse is, you know, still in the train. or anything. what the fuck? And I, I mean yeah. it is interesting.
0: Um, but, but what
1: is what does advanced adulting mean to
0: you? Wow. I think I just kind of what I said a moment ago. I believe mm. it's the the thing, the things that nothing that we all experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe in different stages, maybe to varying degrees, but we all go through them and nothing prepares you for them. The advanced, yeah. you know, I mean, the adulting thing it was funny when I first started, came up with this, you know, you know and we both have kids in their twenties and that was a very common term, the adulting and adulting was, Oh, you know, Hey, you know, <laughs> balance your bank account, do your laundry, you know, show up for work. I mean, I like, okay, no shit. But they then you know it's kind of like if you want to take like high school level or freshman level classes, but yeah. then when no one tells you about the advanced adulting stuff of hey, guess what? Because I guarantee you, any you know any of our kids, okay, of our collective six kids here, okay, none of them are sitting and going, hey, I wonder what my second marriage is going to be like. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no one says I wonder what it's going to be like. You know, when my parents are, you know, I, I may have to take care of my parents, or I wonder what's. When I have to have to when when I get divorced and I lose half my shit and half my friends, no one yep. thinks about that. Or when you realize, um, you know, hey, you're you're in your 40s and you you spent half 20 years in a career that you picked for a reason that maybe might not have been your own. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just don't know how much time I've got left. I don't know what, how, how long the runway is, and maybe I actually want to live and do something for me. Yeah, that that's a lot of it. And Lots, I, a
1: lot of uh, introspection and and uh, being mindful about. What moves you're making in life?
0: Yeah. What it, it, well, it is, it's mm-hmm. about making moves because here's the thing, you know, it, yeah. it's a process. It is an ongoing, never ending process. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. Um, yeah. Because just look, if you're the moment you become an empty nester, it changes. OK, the moment you get divorced, it changes. The moment you uh, are in a relationship and that blows apart, it changes. The moment you mm-hmm. realize, hey, maybe I might have been part of the problem, mm-hmm. it changes. Yeah. And these are decidedly unsexy topics, but, you know, it, granted, it, it's much, here's the deal, okay, I'm going to sound a little bit of a, a cynic on this one, but it's really easy. When, and there, again, God bless the amazing people doing wonderful work in the world of middle midlife, but it's really easy when you're sitting there going, dude, you're sitting on eight figures. You're an yeah. eight-figure net worth guy talking about finding your purpose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: But <laughs> it, 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 it's really easy to find your purpose yeah you <laughs> bet i
0: have the luxury of that but again i have the, i, I you know, i'm very fortunate and thankful that i have a a, a big social media following of yeah. people around the world and it's like let's put this way i'm in dallas okay you got me on a roll now um so i love neiman Marcus. okay i love yeah. neiman Marcus. you know it's great I, I i love shopping there i love the stuff if you don't know it's familiar if you're not familiar it's like a super 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 bougie I end above, oh yeah,
1: it's right? it's it's above Nordstrom's, right? <laughs> oh, like part. it's like five X <laughs>
0: times Nordstrom. Okay, but but it's great. So and and but yes, for my birthday. Yes, I mean I, I don't I don't care. Judge me if you want. They have they have like the old lady restaurant there. Okay, and so all I wanted this weekend for my birthday is they have the best <laughs> cake on earth. And so Shannon and I went there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like an old woman. I went having having like the little finger sandwiches. I didn't have finger sandwiches, but we went there and they have. I wanted strawberry strawberry cake and champagne. And so that's what we did. But oh it point- sounds so good. Here's the point. Let's bring it full circle, though. Neyland's is great. Yeah. But you know what I'd rather be? You know what also fits in well? And I'll tell you another example of this. Target. Target and Walmart. More people go to Target and Walmart. You can bitch about it. And you can talk all, all that you want about that. But guess what? Everybody relates to that. Yeah. Um, I grew up playing very high-end tennis, okay? Since I was mm-hmm. 10 years old, there are friends of mine. Who are former Wimbledon champions, you know, number one in the world? I've I, I played and, and deal in that world, that mm-hmm. country club world. But you know what else I like? Mm-hmm. NASCAR. Huge NASCAR. I mean, it's like you know, if you million dollar buses and people with no teeth, I love that. And I think the, fi- the the fact is, you know, more people relate to things that we all go through.
1: Things that we, yeah, it's real stuff. It's real life. It's real life. And you know, yeah.
0: what? I, I got people who, I, I do I do a boatload of Instagram lives and mm. um, I do that because it, it, it's community, you know? And you get to actually hear these things. It's not the, hey, look at my slick, you know, cool yeah. reel on this, but you hear it from people. And yeah. I think that's the thing is when I get on there and I hear somebody in anywhere from the UK or New Zealand, or even, even in Dubai or wherever, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get you. I'm relating to that because I'm going through the same thing, whether it was a divorce, whether it was my kids. Well, if you
1: think about it, we all, we connect through story, right? It's like, and and when you were telling your story about how you ended up here, you're really your own Guinea pig. (laughs) And I think that's right. It's like, that's the key I feel is to look at yourself. Like it's an experiment through life. And yeah. there's not I I don't believe in mistakes I believe in nope. retakes right mm-hmm. and you made a um a comment earlier about having to go backwards in order to yeah. move forward right yep. and mm-hmm. I I think that was kind of light bulb for me in my life was is the unlearning it's not necessarily about learning something right. new it was unlearning the shit that was taught to me that was not windy I love so, it yeah so question for you what yeah. What did you need to unlearn to become where you, who you are right now?
0: Well, it's interesting. I love I love how you say it of unlearning. You're right. You yeah. have to let go. You have to shed some of that that programming yep. that thing. For me, um, you know, the example that I use is um, is boots. Okay, mm. so again, you're from Texas. Uh, you were what, San Antonio originally? Okay, got it.
1: San Antonio. So,
0: there you go. So I'm a, I'm a Lubbock guy originally. Um, I do. And it's funny, you know, we were joking around about this weekend. Like I wear tennis shoes or boots, okay? And I've got everything from your badass, you know, chartreuse-colored, you know, ostrich to so your work boots, everything. But that's what I wear. And if you know anything about boots, you know, they, they come out wonderful and beautiful and shiny mm-hmm. and amazing in this, whatever color they are. But with time, you, you wear them down. You can wear the heel down, you can wear a hole in the sole, they get dirt and you know shit and dust all over them and And so the fact is they become unrecognizable over time because of all these things that come come on them. Mm. And there were a couple of years ago, I kind of hit a rock bottom, and for me, mm. it was a matter of is really important actually we can talk a little more about it, but i I thought you know. I thought, well, I needed to go rediscover mine, or re, I needed to go reinvent myself to find myself. And I thought it meant, like a lot of people mistakenly, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go, you know, I, I did. I booked a house in Costa Rica and was going to hang out there with spider monkeys and whatever in the mountains for the month. Okay. <laughs> and I booked it. And my daughter called me out. My daughter, God love her. Okay. she got a, you know, just a big old set of Pilotas on her. Okay. And called me out. And, um, It was funny. The quote that she used was actually, you know, she, she used my own words against me because one of my favorite Mm. quotes was, you know, it's Liz Gilbert, you know, from, you know, oddly enough, eat, pray, love, but it was, it was the, if you want the castle, you got to cross the moat. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Oh, and she goes, the problem is daddy. She goes, you get to your castle every time and you look in the moat and you just run away and you go to another castle. Um, Oh, damn. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Um, And she was right. And so what I did is I took a hard look at it, and I thought, yeah. I don't need to run away. I need to go back. Mm. And I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I canceled everything, and I spent the next couple of months driving back through the South, back to West Texas, back through the dirt, going to see the people and places that made me. Because, this is to answer your question, um, I needed to see who I was before the world changed me before I let everybody else's opinion get in my head before all of this. And when I use the boots example, it was just that, because here's the beautiful thing about boots. And I remember vividly: I'm driving just, you know, in West Texas in the red dirt and you see the oil wells and the cotton fields and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm I did, I just kind of pulled over and I lost it because you think mm. this is it. I mean, this is the beautiful part about, it's kind of like chameleon. What color were my boots originally? Mm -hmm. from day one and you don't bring everything forward but you have to remember who you were at the start before when you wanted to be you when you were you when you were comfortable in your skin when you didn't have to worry about anything else and Mm -hmm. the beautiful part about boots is just like your personality your soul you you as a person you can be repaired you can be fixed Mm -hmm. you're not discarded Mm -hmm. you can shine them up yeah stuff or so but you can be shined you can find that real color again you can put a new heel on and you're good to go. And so I believe everybody needs to do that in some form or fashion. I help people walk through that kind of process of hey, how do we rediscover how do we go back and rediscover? And not everything's going to be the same. But let's take four yeah. elements and then bring that forward and then we can start layering. But too many times mm-hmm. after a divorce or reinvention or whatever, it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to add to it. You know, you still have to have that framework. You still have to have that chassis, that core Yes, that you build
1: upon, and we forget yep. that. building that foundation. Yeah. So, what did you learn about your divorce? Hmm. What were those lessons?
0: What? Do you want? Oh God, there's yeah. like five, <laughs>
1: Do I want the clip wow. notes version? Yeah, do or
0: do you want the funny version? The smart ass answer? The real answer? Uh, uh, they're all real.
1: What did you? Yeah. You yeah know, well, did, well, did well it, let me rephrase it. What? Um, what did you? What did you learn? Differently about relationships after you uh, went through it all you know it's
0: funny because I've heard this said a lot lately by other people on other you know podcasts and all, and mm-hmm. I agree with it a thousand percent. look, I agree with you you know look everything happens for a reason. there mm-hmm. are positives to take out of it. Um, I got three amazing children out of it. it was wonderful. but I do believe heavily now that your one of the prime indicators of your success and happiness professionally and personally depends upon the person you choose yeah. to marry and partner with a yeah. thousand percent, yeah. you know? a mm-hmm. thousand percent. They'll,
1: they will either help or hinder.
0: Oh, they will. They, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, they, they will be an anchor and a roadblock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or you will, um, you know, they, they're not going to get you there. You know, look, neutral is better than being an anchor. Okay. Nothing else, just be neutral. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that was a big one. That was a huge
1: one. Yeah. And I want to say, I I can totally relate to that. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people in this world and you only get a very short amount of time here on this Mm -hmm. planet. Mm -hmm. And you're going to choose one person make it that one person that that makes you shine and want to shine even brighter in your life and yeah. makes you want to be healthy and strong and happy and don't choose someone where it's going to be a battle every day or not to say that right relationships certainly aren't easy right but m- why not make it the best Part of your life instead of make it the worst part of your life. Well,
0: I, I think a huge part of it though, and, and that, that that's a bigger, you know, we talk about advanced adulting. Okay, granted, yeah. I mean, you, if you look at statistics, I mean, you'll just never get married again. Okay. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you, gotta, you know, you, you'll run. But in all seriousness, if you look at how mo- how most of us at midlife were raised, yep. it was, you know, we were, we were all raised to look for a destination. Mm-hmm. You graduate high school. Well, you're going to go to college. Where are you going to go to college? What are you going to major in? You're going to get a job. Oh, you're dating somebody fantastic. When you're getting married, when are you going to get a baby? All yeah. Right? Rather than just actually, because, you, you know, look, like in your 20s, you're not a fully formed human yet. Okay? No. No, you don't know what the hell you want. You know, you, you, you know, we buy into this either other people's expectations or the Hallmark Channel bullshit narrative of how it should be instead of really how it is. And, and, and yeah. the same thing occurs even after you get divorced and you're in your 40s or 50s, because you say you want something, but you don't even know how to define it yourself. I want yeah. someone to communicate. I want intimacy. Yeah, but you don't even know what the hell that is. So you expect someone else to basically read your mind? You right. don't. And I think the thing is, in in our 20s, Let's we'll say you get married in your 20s or early 30s. Okay, great. You don't have enough experience yet. And I'm not look. I have a daughter that's married. God bless her. It's great. It's fantastic. Every you know, you you want the best. But I'm looking for my own personal experience, and we look at you know. And look, I deal every day in this. I think a lot of it comes from you don't know what to pick in a partner because you don't know <laughs> what it means. And I think in large part, look, I'm good. hey, there's some people that just awesome. They just picked the right lotto ticket. The broken clock is right twice a day. Awesome. They're great. The one marriage, and they've been they've been together since they're 18, and it's wonderful. Yep. Awesome. More often than not, it's the, oh, wow, I would do that so differently. And mm-hmm. you, I think you have to get knocked on your ass occasionally. I think you have oh, to, yeah. I think you have to, you have to date a few dirt bags and crazies and see mm-hmm. what it's like, because yep. then you go, know, wow, those are my boundaries. Or that's how I'm showing up. Or that's what I'm inviting. Mm-hmm. Big People don't like to hear that. Um, yeah. That's what you're inviting. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: I know. Like, oh, did I invite that?
0: Yeah. They're like, oh my god, you know, and I get that a lot. It's like, oh, you know what? All <laughs> men suck, I'm just waiting for them to cheat. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, if you've, uh-huh. d- if, you d- if you've dated or been married to like three th- cheaters in a row, you're obviously missing a red flag somewhere, okay? Yeah, yeah. And you get don't... what you
1: ask for, right? Well, oh, you know, you,
0: you ask for. about advanced adulting, and I think that's that's kind of part of it. Is, is I think that, yeah, you know, if you really want to maximize, and I hate that, well, let me back up, I don't I use a word I don't like, maximize, yeah. maximize and optimize. Bottom line is, if you want to be happy and, and, and yeah. you know, happy with who you are, okay, sometimes you have to be, take accountability for your role. And stuff. Mm. If you want to be a professional victim, you go, girl, you do that, okay? Yep. And it's going to keep on. But mm-hmm. when you actually look at your role and choice, mm. your choice in being able to control something, you're going to make some big changes fast.
1: Yeah. We talked a little bit before we hit record, like I said, a lot, but yeah. um, there's a lot of people out there, especially if they're in their, you know 40s and 50s, they've been in a marriage or in a relationship for right. a long time. And there's that, of course, I can't sing, um, whether my voice is working properly or not, I can't sing. But that song of Should I Stay or Should I Go Now? clash, yes. So how do you know if you should stay or you should go?
0: Well, you know, every every situation is different. There is no universal, but um, this is a formula that I have I use have used professionally. It's it's, it's just decision making process for damn near anything. Okay, yeah, and it's this: is it fixable? Mm-hmm. Is, is is it fixable? Is the first question. Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, I mean, like a hard no, you know, that it is beyond repair, cannot be fixed. You know, and not some, and I mean, really fixed. Truthfully, yeah. not like a, well, if so-and-so does this, then the off chance, then the 0.01%, no, I'm talking realistically, is it fixable? Can it be repaired? Because mm-hmm. a lot of things can. Most, mm-hmm. many things can. But is it fixable? If the answer is no, what the hell are you doing? You've yeah. got your answer, but we hang on for too long. Well, maybe they'll change. Maybe they won't. How, well, how's that working? How's that been going on for the past five years? As
1: as Doctor so, Phil would say, right? How's that working for you?
0: Well, you know, Doctor Phil is like my very first therapist in real life. <laughs> oh, really? No, and, de- really? and oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. But before he was famous, I mean, he started off in like in Wichita Falls, and when I was in college, I I ended up doing oh, getting to see and do some work with him, and he's the real deal. I love Doctor yeah. Phil. Love him or hate yeah, him. Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: He's I love a him. He's the real deal. He's real but, deal. What,
0: but what was funny is, um, you know, we yeah yeah we we just hang on to to that stuff.
1: And so, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway. you're hoping and wishing it would be, you know, you, you might be at Walmart and wishing it's Neiman Marcus.
0: No, exactly.
1: Um, but no, the, <laughs> the decision making, the decision making thing is, is it visible? Yeah.
0: If it is no, then you have your answer. The, yeah. the, you need to be honest with yourself and you should leave. Whether mm-hmm. that is a job, whether that is a friendship, yeah, whether that is a marriage, mm-hmm. like any of these things, okay? Yeah. So, so it applies to anything. Now, is it fixable? Yeah, it could be fixed. Is it going to be hard? Yeah, it's going to be hard. Is there is there could is there a long shot that it might work? Yeah. Is there a long shot that it still may will not work? Yeah, of course. But yeah. it is fixable. If the answer is yes, that doesn't mean you, you're still in. That means you go to the question number two, which is more important. Do you want to? Do mm. you
1: want? to? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a
0: tough one because you know what? Because sometimes it's a hell of a lot of work. Sometimes it's like, you know what? There's too much hurt, too many scars, too much pain, yeah. too much, too far beyond my control. You
1: know, you could want don't you have to, say to say, too, there's wrong. no right or wrong answer with that. You know, Absolutely. like you have to be honest with yourself, because if you don't have the if we all know, like if you don't have the willingness in anything in life. It's just going right. to turn out like crap anyways. Absolutely. So you have to be willing. You have to to really want that. And I would think, too, then your partner would have to want to, too.
0: Two, two. And, well that, that's just it you can yeah. want it is it fixable yes okay yeah. um you know if if they if the other person wants to but some things there are beyond your control yeah and if that look i mean i remember i don't talk much about my mind so i'm not gonna tell i'm gonna tell a little bit of a tale out of school on this but i don't yeah. i don't go there a lot with it but i remember sometimes for some people when you know you want to leave a marriage or relationship mm-hmm. sometimes it's that moment where it's Boom, we're done. Screw you. I have my bags. I'm out in 30 minutes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but for for a lot of people, it's a like a long oh wow. And for me, I was, I, and a lot of us in midlife, I spent generation of well, you know, damn it, it's not always perfect, and you make it work, and you don't leave, and oh, wait, you're gonna try, you know. And I did, and like an you know, I say like an idiot, I, I stayed for a number of reasons longer than I should have. But I remember the going to to my ex-wife and I. Said to her, I said, "Do you want to be married to me anymore?" And she mm. goes, "She goes, I don't want to be single." And I said, "That's not what I'm asking." Mm. Said, "Do you want to be married to me anymore?" And I don't. Yeah, you know, I got the same answer. I asked that same question mm. every two weeks for a year, and I got the same answer. And it finally registered. Okay, I can't do a damn thing about this. There right, zero control. I mean, I'm trying everything here. It was beyond. Yep. All right. Mm. And sometimes it's beyond us. And so yeah. that was my, my moment to go, nope, we're, you have your answer. You can keep trying. You can keep pumping that dry well, but it, there's your answer. Yeah.
1: I find uh, that people, myself included, will, you know, you'll stay in it because you don't want to have to go through the change of, okay, we got to sell the house and then we got to tell the kids and then we got to, I might need to get a new job. I might need to move somewhere else. I might know, like, I'll just stay here. This is well, so much easier to stay in a relationship that's unfulfilling than to actually make the changes to create a new life.
0: It is. You know what? Here's the thing. I mean, we 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 get hung up on the logistics. We get hung up on two things. Yeah. And I know from personal experience, but I also know from from, you know, coaching people, and this is what I hear it's the I don't want to be alone. Yeah. Understandable. Completely mm-hmm. legit, understandable. I don't want to be alone. Okay? Or the logistics part of it. Know what will I do? Where will I go? All that. Okay. Logistics can be figured out. Uncomfortable, unpleasant. Is it fixable? Yeah, logistics are fixable. Okay. I don't want to be alone. All right. Well, you know, and you probably saw the video I did on this. It's I forget the exact number, but it's like basically seven and three quarters billion people on earth. Okay. You ain't gonna be alone. Okay. You can (laughs) find somebody. (laughs) Okay. There's plenty of people out there. I get it. The way I said it, I said yeah. look I said if you're if you're gay or straight, you got half yep. a shot. If you're bi, what's your excuse? <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is you're not going to be alone. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think people feel they put their self worth, their acceptance, their value on I need somebody to love me. And the problem is yeah. they go bouncing and I did this. I mean, look, I mm-hmm. look. I, I make no bones about this. I have been a good man, and I've been a complete douchebag. And I, you know, and I think that a lot of people, you get out and you're like, oh, I'm gonna. I i do not want to be alone, or I'm gonna try everything on. Yeah. And you know, the the point is, what you really we try and fill a hole with another person. Yeah. Speaking, calling it a relationship when really what you want to fill, you're seeking connection. Right, really want we don't we don't know how to define it. We don't know how to articulate it. Yes, what we want is can it be through your friends? Can it be through a community? Can it be through activities? Can it be through your mm. family? Can it be something? Yep. And guess what? When you have that, you're made whole. You show up differently. You vibe differently. You show up as a better person. You're more attractive. You're magnetic. And guess what? Then your person, gender of choice, comes. Yeah, yeah. So we go out seeking and throwing, and we go out chasing the same bad apple.
1: That looks different. Yeah. I had said, I've said before, it's like one of the greatest things I did for myself was to get a divorce and marry myself. I love that. I know, right? It's a good book title. It's really good. That's cool. um, But yeah. Damn. And you know, like, and that was, that was one of my fears. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in my forties. I'm going to be all alone. I'll never find anyone. And one of the things I realized, one of the greatest things I realized when I took off in an RV journey across the country by myself, me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. I like Wendy. I like being alone. I'm okay. Like, I, I, I that was my greatest fear. I was like, shit, I'm going to be so lonely. And there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. And Absolutely. like you said, too, it's like, yeah, you may not have your person with you right away, right when you get out of, you know, your divorce, get right but you fill it with other things and, and not to say it's a distraction. It's like explore more of your life Mm -hmm. and more of yourself. And, and, you know, one of the things I feared too was, you know, in being alone, I was like, okay, I'm going to set off and find myself. I realized I was like, shit, I was right there in front of myself all along.
0: (laughs) Hey, wherever you go, there you are. are. That's it. You know, okay. So, so here's something important, though. Okay. So, you know, there to to every yang there's a yang here. So, and and they make sense. We've just talked about that in the positive sense. Yeah. And some people are motivated by pleasure and pain. You know, positive and negative. So you're right. It's the idea of you know you can you can find that and Mm -hmm. be yourself and be happy. I love you. Say marry yourself. Okay. But why do people? Why do people stay? And we talked about the fear of being alone. We talked about the logistics. Okay. I'm going to, again, this is the tough love portion of today's program. Yeah. Um, It's okay. It's not a, how's it working for you? It's this. It is the fact that so many of us are conditioned to accept familiar misery Mm. rather Mm. than an unknown happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Of course you don't know, but you know what you have right there sucks. You know that you are you know, either emotionally, mentally abused, uh, yep. not paying attention to, unhappy, it's unfulfilled. Well, I'll just stay here. This is what I deserve. Yep. Okay.
1: yep. Well, and I, for me personally, I discovered that, I mean, I had, there was that final light bulb moment for me where I was like, Wendy, I think you're confusing contentment with complacency. mm good because there was this voice that kept telling me, Wendy, you should, you're fine. Like, oh my God, you have a nice home. Yeah. Everything's you. What, right. what are you complaining about? You should just like, oh my gosh, it's never good enough for you. Never good enough. For you. And then I was like, you know what? But I'm really just not fulfilled. I mean, that was like the final, like I'm not fulfilled. So I need to get out of this, mm-hmm. not just for me, but also for him. Cause that's not fair. Right. No, no I, I think that's
0: the thing. And you know, when we yeah. get back to what is advanced adult, advanced adult is waking up and you realize I have one shot at this.
1: Yeah. And again, again,
0: not the happy good time portion here, guys, but it's the the fact that, you know, when when your first friend or peer passes away, when you have a health scare, when you yeah. realize something and you go, Hey, I don't care if I'm forty seven, fifty seven, and God willing, I hope I make it to ninety three. If I make it ninety three, I'm check out. Okay. That's right. remember mm-hmm. remember my name, I'm okay. But I could just as easily drop dead next week or be hit by a bus or yeah. anything. And so I don't want to leave anything in the tank. And yeah. that's it. And that's not saying I want to go hang with spider monkeys, although it might be <laughs> fun. But I think it's the idea of I have one shot at this. Yeah. Of talent, potential, love, yep. everything. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't talk about this one often, but it, it fits in this this situation. So I had a dream about the time I started to... Think about advanced adulting, okay? And we can have a career in a second. So I, I pulled something really weird a while back that led me, that kind of a bridge that led me to mm. But I had a, you know, it was that time. And I'm just trying to figure out what's next. And I had a dream. Mm. And um, I live by myself. I was living in a, in a cool artist building in downtown Dallas. And, um, but I had a dream that um, I died. And I had a dream that I was oh. found dead. And Whoa. it was sobering as shit, and it was this fear. And I think a lot of people who live by themselves have may have that thing of like, God, "Is someone going to find me? Is you know, is my dog going to eat my body or something?" Um, but uh, I, I had that dream that I passed away, and they did an autopsy, and they found that I died of, of a heart attack, but it wasn't an ordinary heart attack. There was no mm-hmm. coordinate here is the weird part, guys. This I, you know, I don't care if you are woo or Jesus or Buddha or Oprah or whatever, but there is something. <laughs> but it was. Mm. they found that it wasn't a heart attack or any disease. It was the fact that my heart exploded. And the mm. dream was that I had so much inside that I wanted to say, communicate, love, and everything that I wanted to get out there that I couldn't because I had it so pressed in that mm. it finally exploded and I died. I know, that's probably just so weird. So many people are probably going to tune out at that point point, go weird. <laughs> out. But
1: No, it makes me want to cry. That is but, awesome. But
0: that was a huge moment. And I just thought, I'm not going to, I, I want to go out on fumes. I want to go out having nothing unsaid, undone. You know, if you you think I'm corny or whatever, great. You're going to know exactly how I think, and that does not give anybody a license license to be an ass. But it's like, hey, I love you. I feel this way. Yeah. And and that was it. And I think that's important for a lot of people because we hang on to it and we think you don't know. You have one shot at this. Okay. Mm. And so I'm so glad you
1: shared that. And I so I have something to share with you. You may or may not know that. This, but I'm still like, see, I knew you we are definitely uh what did I say? Uh, bro, uh, Brother from, from another mother. mother. Brothers from another yeah. mother, whatever.
0: Right.
1: Um, so my ex-husband died at the age of 26. He oh. had a heart attack in his sleep. Oh my. So when you're telling that, I'm thinking about him. And um I was telling my son the other day, who is a musician. And who's, you know, kind of trying to get back into his music. He went away from it for a while. And I said to him, like, there's just no question of whether or not you go back into sharing your gifts and talents Mm -hmm. with the world. Because if you, if your dad was here right now, you know, in physical form, and you could ask him, like, hey, would you share your gifts and talents with the world today? What do you think he'd say? Fuck yeah, I would. Like, you know, i like. You have another day of life. Like what like and I would have to say my biggest pet peeve Mm -hmm. is people not making a move and doing something with their one wild and precious life. Like make a move. Like you you don't know. Like you, I mean, God forbid, but you don't Mm -hmm. know. I mean, he was 26 for crying out loud. 26. Literally watch he watched the movie as good as it gets went to sleep and never woke up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm like, I don't understand why we abandon ourselves Mm -hmm. and abuse ourselves. Really. We would like to blame everybody else. Right. But really we're at the center of our world. Don't stay in a relationship that doesn't make you happy. Don't stay in a job that is not fulfilling. Don't stay living somewhere that doesn't feed your soul. Make a move. I mean, just, thank yeah. you for sharing now,
0: that hit. with me. No, thank you for sharing that with me. So yes. there's, there's a couple things. We're talking about my birthday this past weekend. And yeah. I woke up and I, to, I told Shannon, I said, you know, I said, you know, I said, this birthday, I'm kind of like, mm, it's not that big of a deal. She goes, hey, it's the alternative. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, good point. So let's go have cake. cake. Let's go strawberry
1: but, cake and even more.
0: I don't care. I'm good. Um, but the, um, <laughs> the, the other thing, and, and it kind of ties in, it was about the same time that I had this weird dream. Mm. so i have yes i've published five books i've had bestsellers i've done all this and then i said i, I gave it up i gave it up because the ex-wife didn't like it
2: mm. okay mm. and so
0: you know it was the get a real job People pay me shit tons of money to go speak and do all this shit. and I was like eh. so i did i went to work for the wall street journal for a while i absolutely hated every single minute of it okay i wrote another book while i was there i left okay and then um i went into executive search and. I was good at it. I made a shit ton of money doing it and mm-hmm. it was fun and all that. The, um, but it just wasn't for me. And so when I left, I still like a lot of people career wise, is a huge, you know, this is a midlife, you know, advanced adulting moment here. We talked relationship. Let's talk career fulfillment here. Yeah. Um, so I just felt, well, that's what I need to do. I still need to do that. You know? And so after i I got divorced and I left the, the firm I was with I, you know bought my partnership out, did all this, and I'm just figuring out what do I want to do next? So I still these handcuffs this obligations to still be in that world, okay mm-hmm. and um I hated it I hated it I still like I, I did that for like another couple of years or whatever, and then it' was finally like, well, why don't you just, you know just suck it up and go go get like a corporate gig there and I I made it to the final round of a very major job here in, in Texas in in, very prestigious deal. And I didn't get it. And they told me because I was a little too much of a maverick. Okay. And I'm like, no shit, but okay. So it didn't surprise me. But after that, it was like, this has got to be someone telling me something. And I was pissed. And I thought you Mm were selling yourself out so hard. Okay. But I didn't know what to do. And I said, and I, I, uh, my kids knew I was miserable everybody knew I was miserable. And I, I really was, you know, I, I went depression, but after that, it mm-hmm. was like within days, I said, you know what? Screw this. I would rather, I told my kids, I said, I, and my friends, I said, I'd rather go 10 bar than do that shit again. Have you ever yeah. bar? No, fucking never 10 bar? bar. What I do, I went 10 bar. And I, and, and my friends were giving me a hard time about this. Cause here I am, you know, 50 years old. And, um, they were like, and I go, I just a little bit. I want something. I need to turn my brain off, okay? I don't need to think about this. I just need to go into neutral for a while. And yeah. so some of my friends were like, you know, you'll never get a job tending but because I wasn't going to go sling beer somewhere. Of course, you know, next level. I made a list of 10 of the bougiest places that I wanted to be a bartender at in Dallas. And I, 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 I walked in. I remember one of them. And the guy goes, You ever done this before? I go, No, I've never, I've never attended a bar in my life. I said, But I spent tens of thousands of dollars at a bar and thousands ah. of on the other side. And yeah. the idea I said, you can teach a monkey how to make this stuff. He goes, You're right. And so I did. And for about five months, I was a bartender at one of the hottest places in Dallas, the rooftop thing in Dallas. I was aged, aged out by 25 years. And I thought that I knew people well because I'd been a headhunter and written these books. And but I got a PhD now in all the, the ugly side of people is yeah. in that the point being though so one i needed to reset but there was one afternoon and i'm there nobody's in this bar beautiful beautiful bar and some girl walked in with a photographer and she was a boss babe influencer okay and i'm sitting there attending bar and they're looking at me like one it taught me a lot about how people treat people like shit they do nothing oh, yeah. About them, okay yeah and i'm like okay so this girl walks in and she's taking the pictures you know like the, the 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 boss babe chick of you know here's my drink and all this stuff so, yeah exactly and so anyway she started I, I mentioned something and i forget what it was it's a comment but gary v or something like this and she just knew and she goes no. and we started this conversation nobody's in there nobody's in this bar for an hour and a half and her and i start having a conversation and it was about writing and social media and all of this stuff and messaging and she was so funny because she had this massive, massive audience of, of, you know, close to what I have now. It's funny, mm-hmm. and you know, ironically. And she goes, and she's because look, I'm making a shit ton of money doing this, and I hate it because all I'm doing is talking about skirts and fashion and, uh. music and stuff. And she goes, all I really want She's like, I'm in Dallas, okay? She goes, all I really want to do is talk about Jesus, but nobody's gonna pay me to do that. And she goes, she goes, I, I have an audience, but I don't have the message. And it hit me. It hit me. And I remember vividly telling this girl that because that was the moment. I said, You have this big audience and no message. I said, If I had the audience and have a message, I'm not, I know the message I'm going to give and I'm not going to waste it. I quit two days later. <laughs> I quit two days later and just launched it. It just went.
1: Isn't it amazing though? Like, that's the thing. Like, there's that quote from Steve Jobs I've said before on here is that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only no. connect them looking backwards. Mm-hmm. And think about, like, if you will, that lady that walked in that day was the perfect dot Oh, you needed to connect you to the dot that you're at right now.
0: Absolutely. The funny thing is, after I did that, I, I, I thought about it that night, and I left. And I was, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Marie Forleo. Oh, yeah. I, love yeah. I was one of the first men to ever go through B-school. Okay. Oh my Way God, back. that's so yeah. cool. Way back in the day. And so it was funny. So I remember I thought about this and I had this idea for advanced adulting, but it really started to take And I'll connect the dots. I'll put a dot on this one. You ask about grown ass. It came from so many of my female friends coming to me and going, Bradley, what does it mean when a guy does this? What happens this? Yeah, What's a know? guy thinking this? And then some of them, and I tell them like a big brother and some of them would go, you know what? I just wish a man would show up like a grown ass man. And I
2: yeah.
0: thought, done. okay. So it stuck. But I think that was the thing. So I put something out there to Marie Forleo's group of all these, you know, 25,000 women or something around the world. <laughs> and I thought, and I, I said, it. I said, look, I said, I am the least desirable demographic on earth. I'm a middle-aged white man in the South. Okay. <laughs> so I fully expect to be canceled here, but here's what I think. Okay. I mean, I believe in being a gentleman. I believe in this. I believe that Men of a certain age should be doing this. I believe adults of a certain age should be doing this thing. Yeah, and I thought I was going to get crucified. And I woke up and hundreds of messages going, "You're on, you're on target." And not only are you on target, you're a great voice for this. And that was just kind of okay. And it just kind of led, and and that's what's kind of that's how it started. But it ended up morphing over the the years to what advanced adulting is today.
1: What a great story! Yeah. I'm I'm so happy that you listened to all those little steps and those dots along the way to lead right. you here. So um it's I'm Bradley Richardson, right? I, Instagram. Yeah, I, I, I YouTube, am Bradley And your podcast starts mid-October. Mid October,
0: yeah. On YouTube. Yep, yeah, you on it. Yeah. We'll get you so on
1: it. I'm actually gonna start something new today on the show. <clears throat> and I have, if you're watching on YouTube, I have this little pink hat. Yeah. And it's filled with questions. I'm going to pick a question okay. at random. They're very, like, thought-provoking questions. Um, what was that one song, Things That Make You Go? hmm.
0: Well, we are pulling all the hits out, aren't <laughs> we? Yes.
1: So let's see here. All right. You ready? Let's mm-hmm. see what we got here. Oh, interesting. Have you done
2: anything lately worth remembering? Wow. Interesting. Um hmm. well, I'm thinking what type of good answer. I mean, this has
0: been a a this has been a, a, an interesting year because it hasn't been a lot of action this year. We haven't done a lot or gone anywhere. So it's not like, oh great. I, you know, I I claim kill and No. Um worth remembering, for me right now, this is this year has been a a humbling year. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but this has been a humbling year of, of learning stuff, of growing, of figuring, you know, you and I joked around before the, the, you started recording about playing spaghetti against the wall. Yeah. And um, it was kind of that and finding out things that I could do that I was better at than I thought it was yeah. the, what's remembering. I know this is the sexiest answer ever for people, but for me, it was a matter of whether it was the mundane of when I was married, I was kind of you know shamed with the idiot thing of oh you can't fix shit. To you know I'm I'm fucking Tim the Tool Man Taylor here. I can do stuff <laughs> now. Okay? And I think that was kind of a, a nice thing for me. Um, you know the thing that that I think is worth remembering is just the
2: it, it kind of dovetails
0: off the conversation we had earlier. Okay,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I I know what it's like. To be on, you know, like I know it's like to be on top, and it was like to have baller level money. I know it's like to rub two nickels together. I know it's like to have no one listen to what you write, say, or do. To go, wow, you're really, you're just putting stuff out there, just speaking from the heart and from you know what your your truth is, and it connects and resonates. And um, yeah, for me, that I will remember that. This will be a pivotal year for me this year. Just, you know, like every other day I'll go on and when someone says something, that's, that's a big deal because for a lot of us at midlife, Mm -hmm. we wonder, especially if you have the birthdays or whatever, am I making a difference? All that, but am I really making a dent? Am I here? Am I a spec? Are people listening? Am I talking in the air? (laughs) And for me, what I remember this year doing memorable is putting this stuff out there and getting to talk to people like you and, um, you know, just. I say helping other people. Look, I'm not Johnny altruism here. I'm not pretending to be that. But it sure as hell nice when you go, wow, you're just doing what comes naturally and real and it's hitting people.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was really good. It's- you're worth remembering. <laughs> thank you. My thank you. soul brother.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, nailed it.
1: Thank, uh, you. thank you so much, Bradley. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is awesome. We'll have to do this again.
0: Oh, we will for sure, definitely. So, thank you. And and
1: I'm sending you so many good vibes for your new podcast. And thank you.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I
1: have a feel like innately. I feel like it's really gonna shift you into a whole other, whole other uh, way of being. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's funny
0: because I mean, the way my my goal with it is, or idea behind it is really, look, I can go on Instagram Live and all that or anything, and people talk to me, and that's great. But it's, it's one way. And then, you know, through like my group coaching programs or things, people can interact with me. That's awesome. But there's so much that, you know, look, do I have all the answers? I have a lot of answers. I'm a smart dude. But I also don't have a lot of answers. And when I don't, when I don't, I am smart enough to know where to go or who to go to and how to find them. And I think that's part of it. And what I want to do is, you know, kind of like, yeah, here's, here's, here's part of the Bradley stuff. But I want to introduce people to good people doing good work. Yeah, that fills in the gaps, and that's kind of what, what I envision it being. And all the yeah.
1: we'll all be grown ass adults, <laughs> but yeah. I'll still act like a kid.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and look, I mean, I know this is true, there's memes about it, but come on, you find yourself in Trader Joe's. And you're like, Oh, yeah, I was in high school, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> great. I find myself dancing in the grocery store and they're playing, you know, Duran Duran or something. You, you, feel and you like know, know I good. do if you follow me you on do.
1: Instagram, you know, I'm dancing. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. it's awesome. Uh, Thank you so much, Bradley.
0: Of course. Thanks.
1: And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, being authentic simply means being true to yourself. Word. Number two, advanced adulting is all the transitions, reinvention, rough patches, and the roller coaster that we all ride at midlife that no one prepares you for. Number three, you have to go backwards in order to go forward. I love that. You need to unlearn and let go of the thoughts and beliefs that are not the true you. Number four, one of Bradley's fave quotes by Elizabeth Gilbert, if you want to get to the castle, you have to swim the moat. Take a hard look at yourself, at your life, Face it all head on, and then you will arrive at your beautiful, gorgeous castle. Number five, if you want to be happy with who you are, you must take responsibility for your role in the choice and your ability to control something, and then you will make some big changes fast. Number six, if you are in a relationship and questioning, should I stay or should I go now? Ask yourself, is it fixable? If the answer is no, then you have your answer and you need to go. If the answer is yes, then ask yourself, do you want to? Do you have the willingness to make the necessary changes to stay in the relationship? Number seven, so many of us are conditioned to accept familiar misery rather than an unknown happiness. I just absolutely love that. I'm going to have to say it again. So many of us are conditioned to accept familiar misery rather than an unknown happiness. You have to really let that sink in. Was that a cool conversation or what? I absolutely love Bradley Richardson. He's my brother from another mother, and I'm his sister from another (laughs) mister. Thank you so much, Bradley, for being on the show. Everyone, please check him out on Instagram, his website, and his new podcast, Advanced Adulting, on YouTube at I'm Bradley Richardson. It's going to be such a great podcast. I just know it. Speaking of YouTube, I am starting a special live series on YouTube featuring guest experts talking about yeah, you guessed it, all things midlife. It's what I love to talk about. You'll be able to tune into the show live and even ask questions for myself or our guest. My first live show will actually be um today. <laughs> September 28th at 12.15 p.m. Central Standard Time with Leslie Kuster. She is the best-selling author of Seven Keys to Seven Figures, The Women Entrepreneur's Guide to Money and Freedom. Leslie's book provides women entrepreneurs seven master keys to unlock a successful money-making business. Tune in for a great conversation on how to build the business and life of your dreams. I cannot wait for this show today. Just go to YouTube and search for At The Midlife Makeover Show. How genius. And click subscribe to follow the show. If you click on the live tab, you should see today's live event listed. You can also, a little shortcut, you can also go to tinyurl.com slash Wendy and Leslie, and it will take you straight there. I will leave the links in the show notes for you as well. And if you tune in to today's show, please make sure you say hi to me in the comments. (laughs) That would make me so happy. All right, have a great rest of your day and thank you so much for being here. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.